Before we start today, a quick disclaimer. All views expressed are our own and do not indicate the opinions of any employers or clients for whom we work. The recommendations or advice given in this podcast may or may not be right for you, depending on the circumstances. Please bear this in mind before taking any action. Hello and welcome to Charting Tracks. Uh, This is part two of last week's episode, Finding an Audience and Building a Fan Base. I'm Chris O'Gorman. I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts, Amir Yacoub and Ben Hennessy-Garside. Amir is a producer and Grammy Award-winning engineer, co-owner of Bison Production Studios and a director of Garnish Music London. Ben is a highly esteemed voice coach, multi-instrumentalist, composer and producer. He is a music lecturer at Leeds Conservatoire, where he teaches on the popular music course and has formerly been an A&R scout. I'm Chris. I'm a digital marketing strategist. I was formerly head of digital at Capital Records UK, a digital manager at Sony Music, a music journalist, and I now run a digital consultancy providing artist development, branding and marketing. Thanks for listening. And here is part two of finding an audience and building a fan base. Um, so one of the other things I wanted to talk about then as we're talking about the industry becoming more accessible for DIY artists and independent artists is how they get their music out there because we have the tools now to be able to create your music so an artist can you know have a lesson with Ben in the morning in the afternoon they can go to Amir and record their music and they can have it online by the evening it's a busy day, but they yeah. really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, sure. So how do they do that? Though? How do they get it? So once it's, you know, Amir's delivered the final product, the music recorded product, and it's ready, it's mixed, mastered, whatever, it's ready to go. How do they do that? Obviously, the first point is distribution. Mm. And when we talk about distribution, obviously, the, the the traditional way is that the label distributes it, but you're not going through a label. So there's things like AWOL, there's DistroKid, there's um, TuneCore, etc. Many, many, many distribution services now. Mm-hmm. So that part of it is fairly straightforward. You sign mm. up distribution deal, maybe they take 10, 15% tends to be the standard. Okay, so you've done that. You've got your music. It's You can put it on all the streaming platforms that you choose to. Um, and at that point, great. It's scheduled for release. It's going to be gone on my Spotify. It's going to go on all my other channels. Now what do I do? Okay, well, we said, mm-hmm. well, there's the... Um, so this from an independent artist, obviously, like I'm not in a position where I've got budget to be hiring, you know, certainly too early for a radio plugger, too early for anyone else. So what are the things that I can do as an artist to then um, Mm. get some exposure? And obviously the first thing actually is your circle of people, your friends, your family, whoever it is, they've all got social media channels. Most of them probably do, maybe not all of them. And they've all got followings and they've all got influence. So you've actually got influencers within your immediate network. Mm -hmm. Mm. And it, you know, doesn't take very much just to share something on on social media so you've already got an immediate network once it's released so you've got those elements obviously you've got access to social media yourself so on your own social media channels once you've defined what they are and what they should be where your audience is promoting on there now with advertising obviously facebook you know promoted 
content on Facebook, sponsored posts on Instagram, etc. You've got the the ability now, like the because um, Facebook have obviously they've reduced. It used to be that you know you could kind of reach a lot of people organically on Facebook just by making great content and making connections with people. It's harder to do that now, obviously, because they want to sell their ad products. But mm-hmm. on the flip side, their ad products are now cheaper than ever. So you can literally put 10, 20 quid and you can, if you're smart with your targeting, you can get your music video, your your audio, your acoustic performance, whatever it is, you can get it into the news feeds of the people that are going to be the best fit for your music. They're going to be the most likely people. So, okay, you've gone, you've thought about all the artists that you're similar to. You've thought about maybe all the blogs, all the radio stations, um, mm. all the venues that you might play. Well, all of those are obviously interests um, that you can target on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on uh, Spotify, with Spotify advertising as well, you, uh, on YouTube. So you can start building like a, a targeting list of when, you know, if you do put like a little bit of money behind a sponsor a piece of sponsored content, whether it's your official video or a live video or whatever it is, or just the track audio itself, you can start getting it into the news feeds of the people that are going to be most likely to like it. Mm-hmm. So you can literally target to fans of a similar artist. And then you, because st- you, when you build a, a fan base, no one has built a fan base um, without taking that fan <laughs> For essentially from someone from another artist not that they've stolen them away but hmm. they you know to become a fan of somebody you have to have that first point of um awareness you have to have that first point of just getting in front of them and then over time you get in front of them enough they're like actually really like this artist i'm gonna <laughs> give them a follow and i think um because we've got these tools available to us now so social media artists can and this is another thing that i do with artists is like giving them the tools to be able to run their own advertising so they don't have to worry about you know spending resources on getting somebody to do it for them um okay so they can do that playlists then they can there are so many tools out there now for getting your music on playlists so there's things like submit hub there's um sound there's um playlist push there's lots and lots and lots and i think like a you know you you can find these um submission tools um quite easily and it's just it's actually more about the effort and time that you put into it and actually going after the right playlist to go okay actually because i think what a lot of people do is let me whack some money on it and get it out there and see if you know there are i think it's a bit it's become what i've noticed it's become a bit of a hmm it's become a bit of like the wild west in a way with with these things because there are sort of playlist networks out there that are genuine playlists that have been curated just by someone in their bedroom that's made a great playlist and it's just got a good amount of followers on it and um you can you know and you can reach out to those playlist owners you can submit your tracks to them using these platforms to for their consideration now if they don't like it they're not going to add it that's fine um but what's also emerging is kind of like a sort of economy around this of people selling 
oh, pay X amount and you can be on this playlist. Pay X amount and you can mm-hmm. be in the top 10 of this playlist. Pay X amount and you can be the top track. And I, what mm-hmm. I want artists to do is be very wary of these things because there is, I think in the, in the music industry, there's always the opportunity to get ripped off. And actually, I think these things, when they promise a guarantee, when they promise, like, for instance, if I... I'm an artist and I know that I can pay $70 or something to, and I'll be added to the top track on that playlist. Just mm. guaranteed. Well, that playlist can't be very good. It can't be very well curated. What kind of an audience is it really going to have if anyone can just pay to be on it? Mm. And actually, when you look into stuff like that and you look under the bonnet of it, you realize that actually it's probably not even a genuine playlist. It's probably got fake followers, you know, that's how yeah. it works. Mm. So, but what I would really encourage artists at this stage to do is just to really kick the tires on it and look and go, look for it and go, do all the artists on there make sense? If it's a, I don't know, an Americana playlist, are all the artists on there relevant? If it's a mood based playlist, are the tracks on there in line? If it's like a, I don't know, a gym workout playlist and it's like lots of high energy tracks on there, okay, that looks legitimate. Is it a chill out playlist? And, it, you know, you can, I think once you start looking under the bonnet and actually just spending a little bit of time, you can get a sense of what's an authentic playlist. And I think people want to go after numbers, like big, big followers, but actually smaller followers, but the right niche, the right kind of vibe, the right, whether it's like singer songwriter playlist or it's a, a downbeat chill out playlist, you know, whatever it is. And there's so many of them out there. Mm. And what this is about is discovery. It's getting your music on these players, not so it can drive loads of streams, because I think that's another thing. People expect that, you know, if they get added to players and stuff like that, oh, the money's going to start coming in from the... That's not going to happen, because I think, like, the per stream rate from Spotify is something like 0.004 pence at the moment. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, at this stage of your career, don't even, you can't even be thinking about money that's and we're going to talk about this in another episode later down the line about making a living from music but right now it's just discoverability and it's just connecting with your fans and building a fan base i I, I just wanted to just throw a little piece in there chris which was that that principle of just spending it kick the tires that was a nice little Mm. phrase you use just and and any of these things whether it's making a decision like fingers crossed if and when the live music industry comes back online again um, like in in any kind of substantial way, um, if you're deciding on a venue to go and play, just like check it out. Is it the is it the right venue yeah. for you? Um, mm. If you're um, yeah. yeah, if 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 you're if you want to get on a blog, it's the same thing. Is you know is is someone is someone just taking money to just yeah to just write write copy for for specific artists or do they have some kind of genuine interest and genuine following for the things they're writing so that, mm. that the general principle i think is a really good one to extrapolate and apply pretty much everywhere you know um absolutely sorry. that's the sense check no you're you're completely right it doesn't just apply to playlists it applies to blogs it applies to venues it applies to um influences it applies to so much it's like that you know does it seem authentic? And I know keep coming back to that word authentic, but I think that's it's a there's a reason it keeps coming up. Um, uh, and I think that you know in this world we have to be really careful because there is a lot of sort of pay for play out there 
in the music industry, um, being able to navigate that. Normally, if somebody's asking for money and they're giving you a guarantee for that, it's in music in Germany, it's unlikely to be the case mm. that that's going to work. It's if they're saying you, there are things like Submit Hub, for instance, where you can submit your music to blogs and playlists and YouTube channels and stuff, and that you can do it for free. And they'll just say, we'll send it out to people that own playlists and bloggers and stuff. And they might like it, they might not. Mm. But you're just sending it to them. And I know that there's like a paid, um, it's sort of like a credit system. So you can buy like £10, you could buy 10 credits, and then you can submit it to more people. But even then they're saying, we're just allowing you to send it to people. Mm. We're not going to guarantee you anything. We'll guarantee you, um, I think it's something like if you pay, they'll guarantee that they'll give feedback. Mm. So you're paying for the feedback, really. You're not paying for any guarantee of being added to something. And actually, that's a bit more of a legitimate way because they're saying, uh, uh, you know, they're saying right up front, we're giving you access to our database of music curators when you're not mm. buying access on anything. You're just buying, sorry, you're not buying placements. You're just buying the access. Mm. There are things like that where the independent artists can do to start reaching these people and then your own research you know you can find these playlists you can probably find who owns the playlist because most people that are on social media kind of you know have their con uh, accounts connected and stuff so the spotify be connected to their facebook and then you can hit them up on facebook it might be mm -hmm. spammy they might just ignore you they probably will um <laughs> but I've done it. I've had like people approach me and just say, oh, I found you got this playlist that does the kind of music I like. Any chance that you can add it? And I've just done it because it's, you know, if I liked it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but basically there's all of those things that you can be doing as an independent artist to start getting something happening, to start getting some momentum, some, you know, like I said, about each time you build up. And at that point, when you're building the fan base, um, when you're, it's kind of not doing any one thing. You're doing a bit of playlist stuff. You're maybe doing a bit of blog outreach. You're doing a little bit of social media advertising again, just to try and get in the news feeds and you have to be doing it constantly. That's the thing. It's not like I've got one single and I'm going to expect that overnight that earns me loads of fans. Um, and the other thing is actually community management is, which is essentially when you're on these social media channels, you're not just broadcasting and oh, there's my new single with this new video actually going and connecting with people that are fans of similar artists. So actually, you know, in the comments section on, um, on Instagram, for instance, for the bands and artists that you like, that you can consider yourself similar to those people that are commenting in there, they're going to be your people. They're going to be people that probably like the type of music you're doing. So why not start connecting with them? Why not have genuine conversations with them? And it's just about investing the time into doing that. And actually, mm. by doing that, you start earning new fans in a sort of less spammy way. I was going to say that this, this when when is it spam? When's it not spam? Yeah. And well, if you just comment and here's a link, <laughs> that's going to be spam. If you're like in the comments of like some some artists have released a new video and you're and people are having a genuine like, oh my god, I love this song. Oh my god, I love this bit. I, I think SoundCloud is a great platform for this actually. You no, know, you get the the comments in the set. Oh, and it'll be like, oh, that drop it mm. zero one, and you get the time code. That is actually a really nice, authentic way of. I see people connecting with each other, and they tend to be artists a lot of the time, or DJs, 
on SoundCloud. It's one of those platforms that it's a community in in that way. Mm. And um, when it's genuine like that, you can actually refer to something that you like about the content that you've just viewed or listened to mm. and you're having a genuine connection. Then you might follow that person. They might follow you back. You're not spamming them with a link. You're not, check out my single. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the difference. And it's like, because if you're like, oh, by the if you get conversations going with these people, they will find your music. They will find mm-hmm. your channel and they will discover it on their own. You don't need to shove it down their throat. Yeah, that that soft touch allowing allowing them. It's, yeah. And it's, I think there's a little bit of a tightrope with it, right? Mm. Because you yeah. don't want to be spamming people. You don't want to be forcing things down their throat. You mm. don't want to be seen to be too desperate. Yeah. Mm. Um, people like that sense of discovery. They mm. like to take ownership of that. You know, so if you're friends with someone on whatever platform it is and you're messaging back and forth and you're regularly posting on your on like your main channel, like things that you're releasing, because you've built up this relationship, chances yeah. are they're going to listen. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like if you, if, if you, you know, in, in the in the offline world, it would be, you know, there's a. I don't know. It's like all, all the all the skater kids go and hang around at the skate park. Right, mm. and if the kind of music that you make is uh, the sort of music that skate kids are gonna like, mm. and you're going and hanging around at the skate park, and you get chatting, and you mention that you're in a band, that's a very different thing to mm. um, yeah. walking up dry to the skate park and going, "Here's my band," yeah. you know, yeah, <laughs> like it's a totally different, exactly. it's a totally different approach. Absolutely, um, absolutely, and that's a sort of like the sort of soft touch marketing because what you want to do is make it on your own channels that you own make it as easily discoverable as possible Mm. but then when you're bringing people in you you really want to be using kind of the soft touch to bring people in Mm. um and allow people to feel like they're discovering it as well because that's the thing and i think with really building up a fan base um and I mentioned before about an artist, that, uh, a few, several artists that I've worked with actually that had a lot of hype around them and had a lot of industry support. But what we didn't have is the fan base grounding. We didn't have the fan base foundation. So mm. when all that hype happened, there was nothing for it to sit upon. So it ended up just not working and it just, it, so you the, know. Yeah, the industry, like the elites in the industry were getting excited about it. Yeah, the industry got excited and they kind of got the things that you normally get, whether it's a Vivo Discover or, you know, yeah. some great press coverage. And you start thinking, oh, there's momentum here, but actually it's not real. And I and I knew it wasn't real momentum flagged that it wasn't because you could see that it wasn't converting to social media mm. followers. It wasn't converting to um, an actual fan base being developed because as much as people, yes, you need to put, yourself in front of people via all of these different methods you need to get in front of people's eyes you also need to not just you need to bring them into the fold you need to get them to buy into you um and that's the disconnect because sometimes you know you can be and for every you know for every artist that's um had a quote-unquote success there are countless that haven't and the often the reason is just like they like this people like the song maybe they like 
you know, they like the visuals, they like the video, but there's just, they haven't made that connection with the mm. artist. And actually a lot of that is that people want to feel generally speaking, like, as I was saying at the, at the start of this, which is with those different segments of the audience, um, different segments of the music audience, fanatics, um, the enthusiasts, the casuals, the indifference, particularly with the fanatics, they want to feel like they've discovered it. Mm. And same for the enthusiasts, actually. They want to feel like they've discovered it, even if they mm. haven't really, because it's been put in front of them at some point. They still mm -hmm. want to feel like I've discovered this and I've made the choice. Yeah, of course. Like of course. See, I get the impression that, like, often to begin with, every almost every artist... That's that's a bit of a sweeping statement. A lot of artists are going to want to start with those, the, the fanatics. Yeah, absolutely. And then move. Is, is there a case of moving through each of those each of those things? Because the fanatics will do a lot of leg legwork for you. Like if they love you. Yeah, that's exactly and then, right. That's exactly right. So it starts from yeah. the fanatics, and then it starts overspilling into the enthusiasts. Overspill, and then if you're really at the races. Yeah, it overspills into the casuals, and if you overspill into the indifference, then you you're Ed Sheeran, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Adele. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're Adele, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. what. And pretty much every artist you can think of has gone through that journey. And the only real exceptions are that are to that are the ones that have probably come through the reality TV. Mm. So if they come through X Factor or Britain's Got Talent, they've circumvented a lot of that and they've just gone in straight in uh, indifference. Um, but generally speaking, pretty much any artist that you can think of has gone that route and has started with the mm. fanatics, built their a solid fan base within those, and then they've extrapolated it out to yeah. enthusiasts, and it's spilled over and eventually into the casuals. There's definitely mm. something about getting in a van and just playing gigs, just driving around the country. I mean, and of course, right now, it's not that's not going to be the case. But there's a digital equivalent. There's a digital equivalent, right, of, um, of just, and and taking a bit of time just to refine the thing that you do, and refine your offer, and ref and find your, find who's who wants to hang around with you, mm. Mm. and taking your time over that, and not just throwing money, or um, yeah, not just throwing money at the thing. You know, spending mm. loads of money on ads and loads of money on on pluggers and loads of money on getting all of the experts in to come and help when you don't, like you said, there's nothing solid yep. to stand on. And it might take you a while to find those people, um, but it's worth the time, I think, for most most types of most types of artists. And it's the hard yards. It's a journey as well. It's a it's and you have to think of it as a long term journey. Yeah. And. Um, the artists that do and the artists that then go on that journey and enjoy that journey and enjoy the process mm -hmm. tend to be the mm -hmm. ones that are happier <laughs> and more successful. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably, I don't know. What do you think? I think I feel like that may be a nice place to, to close off <laughs> on a positive yeah. note. Yeah, definitely. Like um, a, why not? I like a positive note. What do you guys have any sort of final thoughts or any sort of tips? Like you know, when you're, because obviously there's the sort of granular stuff that we've talked about, the specifics of, um, but maybe if we zoom out again and kind of talk more broadly, you know. Mm. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I, the, the other thing I was going to just say, like, just a last minute kind of, um, like maybe scatter shot of the different 
um, a bunch of different uh, characteristics that you might look for in your in in your fans, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. what what are the things? What are going to be the markers? Um, you know, so so I'm I'm thinking here of like right. So we've already talked about age, mm. um, and we've we've. But like, is there is there anything? I mean, like how how people dress, fashion, because obviously there's there's quite a lot of an overlap between music and fashion. Um, uh, you talked about branding as well and yeah, brands. What brands are they like? Yeah, what, what brands are they into? What political views maybe they hold? Um, True. Yeah. What, what sports they like to watch? Yeah, sports, sports TV shows. Mm-hmm. You know, all yeah. of those things make up the picture of. Are there any other just what your fan might be and where they just, are? Just add, because I'm thinking, you know, if, if if we've got artists listening, going, oh, I need to get a picture in my mind of who who my top three types of people are. Like mm. if, if a, a few more of those little, um, those little little pieces. Um, I mean, we've talked about core values, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So does that play somehow? Like, could we go for a loose, or like a loose, a loose? Archetype. I mean, I suppose. Like I was talking before. Yeah, but about, it's an archetype. That's that's absolutely what it is. I, yeah, I was talking before about people um, on um, hanging around at the you know mm. the skate park. Right? There's something rebellious yeah. about those people. There's something. Um, so yeah, there's a bit of the rebel. Well, with here's them. the thing: because we talked about archetypes in the branding um, episode. Yes. And archetypes, like artist archetypes, are, you know, yeah. really important in defining your artist's identity. But also your audience will probably fit into an archetype. Yeah. Oh, oh it's, it's a place to start the journey. Yeah, it's a good place to start considering, oh, if I'm a rebel type artist, that's my archetype. I may, it may be that lots of other rebel people that fit that archetype will gravitate towards me. It also might be yeah. that people that are the complete opposite of that might gravitate towards me because they find in me something they can't access for themselves yes mm-hmm. yeah yeah so yeah. it's not necessarily hard and fast but it starts to inform what might be going on in in the types of people that yeah would gravitate towards your music yeah um and i think that's and also like on that note actually talking about social media like we're talking about archetypes the social media platforms themselves have archetypes like, mm. for instance, the sage, well, that tends to be LinkedIn. It's lots of, mm. you know, advice and... Um, it, it, do you think LinkedIn is ever the place for, for, for an artist, for a music, musician? Sometimes it is. And I'll, okay. give one exa- I'll give one example of somebody who actually I think is really good is Gwen Stefani. Ah, who, mm. And actually, obviously, she's very, um, you know, experienced in her career. And she's like... Uh, you know, when she was first off in No Doubt, <laughs> social media didn't exist. Um, no. But even if it did exist, it probably wouldn't have been the place. But now where she's um, like an artist, that's, uh, obviously she's had her band success. She's had lots of success as a solo artist, but then she also has other businesses that she runs. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's when it starts to maybe make sense. Um, but generally, you could say actually, like if you if you're if you're a type of artist that is that sort of has or, or somebody like dre you know and beats by dre or mm. you know jay-z or somebody like that who right. has sort of like they have their music but then they have these sort of business these sort of ancillary businesses and um or maybe they're create you know they create they 
create tech products or something like that as well. Maybe they have a, a brand of microphones or something. It could actually be a, a, a place for it. It probably isn't going to be for most people. But, mm. but you know, it just shows kind of how, like, there is a sort of sweet spot. Like, yes. um, like the creator archetype, for instance. Well, YouTube is obviously the home of creators. So then Explorer, well, actually, Instagram is quite a nice fit for um explorers there's lots of content on there's like exploring the world um TripAdvisor as well as obviously uh, fits into that tiktok the mm. jester tiktok is completely like a platform for jesters and you know talking about five seconds of summer uh, uh, earlier when when we were starting with five sauce we sort of defined what their archetype was as the jester and they were absolutely like they played pranks on each other they were fun there's four young lads in a band just having a fun stupid time having a laugh yeah having yep. a laugh yep. and that's what the fans really liked about it and so what platforms fit best with that it wasn't tiktok at the time because it wasn't established yeah. it wasn't really what it is but it was keek at the time i don't know if anybody remembers keek yeah i remember the name yeah, yeah. They, they were uh, keek and vine mm. at the time yeah, yeah, that yeah. was mm. Very so it's the TikTok of the day basically. Yeah, right. And that's really how they and we sort of focused on. It had the other social media platforms: Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. But it was focusing on that. That's interesting because area. They're to really build the fans. Even then, they were never like mainstream, were they? Like Teak and like like if you'd have take if you'd have looked at just the social media market mm. and gone, what percentage of the world, quote unquote, yeah. is using. Yeah. And actually, for you to... That's a really interesting, like, decision like that you made mm. there, like the, the, all of you in, in the team, to be like, right, no, even though it's not Facebook, because obviously Facebook... Yeah, it has more people. Was, has more people. But for yeah. you to go, mm. no, this is the place where we're focusing. Yeah. We'll do the... You know, we'll have a Facebook in have case there's anybody... there, at, of course. But, yeah, yeah it's the, the time, effort, and the energy... And having the the bravery to do that and know that exactly what you're going for, yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's some good learning in that. I think good. That's the thing because that's where your people are going to be. Fish where the fish are. You know, go right. where you think mm. that's going to yeah, be. Of course. And even if at the you know because obviously if you're an art, independent artist, particularly you've got time is a real premium resource. <laughs> you only have so much of it, so you want to put it in the best into the best. Uh, places and it's yeah. and actually if, if there's a sort of sweet spot where um you th there's a platform like that with like this is really aligns so nicely with my audience then make that your primary sort of social media channel that you focus on and you can share your content on the other platforms as well but really harness on that one and build something there and the other thing to be said for that is actually there's new social media platforms emerging all the time they go and they come and go sometimes sometimes they stick around but normally mm. in that phase of when they're sort of in their early days is when it's actually easiest to build an audience on there organically. Yeah, of course, yeah. Because you're yeah. against much less people and yeah. they're not, the platform isn't trying to sell advertising at the time. They probably don't even have advertising on there. So you can really cut through. And I remember hearing the um, founder of Lad Bible talk about creating lad bible on facebook in the early days when it was and they built up a huge following on there just from being able to just having great content and because mm. they weren't really it wasn't really the advertising giant that it is now they were able to build this um audience organically without spending any money on advertising 
And mm. I saw him speak recently. He said, we couldn't do that now, not on Facebook. We, mm. we might be able to do it on a different channel, but we would not be able to do it on Facebook now because of how the platform is. Yeah. yeah. So it's actually looking what could be the next emerging platform. Yeah. And th th this is also probably where your fanatics are going to be hanging around, yeah. right? Because these where people the are kind are. of exactly. like, they're, they're, they want to be at this, the, the cutting edge of things often, yes, in, not exactly. just in music. Not just in, music. In, yeah. Exactly. Like in culture in general. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, those would be the sort of top tips, I suppose, for... Yeah. There was one other thing I wanted to talk about, because I don't think we got into it so so deeply, um, was this, this personnel piece. You were talking... When you gave mm. us a big list of all of the... Ah, yeah. All of the different people in the label, um, mm. and, like, do you think that it's, it's, it's worth it for artists to have... Um, I, I mean, I have, I have my own thoughts on this, but I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Do you think that the that it's worth it that artists have those people, even if they're like just mates to start with, or or, or, or fan or or fans or people? Even you, you maybe you can't afford to pay them anything, but they're like, I'll do a bit of this work for you, or you know, is it worth trying to think about that, or do you feel like it ought to be kept in house, like by by the band members for as long as possible, like? Because there's, there's obviously there's this thing about whether people are going to do a decent job with you and whether they really get the music or not. But what do you think about that? Because I think you build the build your audience first using sort of the social media platforms and sort of plugging yourself as the sort of scrappy independent artist for as long as you can. Because right. that's okay. Because the thing is, there comes a point where you will need to start handing those things over just because like radio pluggers have the relationships. There's yeah. a finite amount of radio stations in the UK, just taking the UK as a snapshot. There's a finite amount of radio stations and those radio pluggers already have the relationships. And mm. a lot of the times they'll be doing things like, okay, you can get the exclusive on this big, big artist. If you give me, if you play this emerging artist, give them a few spot plays yeah. I'll give you the exclusive rather than going to your competitor radio station. To play. Yeah, yeah. So those will be the kind of conversations that are having the sort of transactional yeah. nature of what's happening. So there will come a point where having somebody like that in your corner is going to be very helpful. But there's this kind of, what I was thinking about was this kind of middle place, right? So you're starting off on like you've you've not you don't even have any fans, right? You, yeah. There's just there's just you and maybe the other members of the band if you're in a band. Yeah. And so you have to kind of do everything yourself. It truly is yeah. DIY. Yeah. Then there might be this other place where, you know, you, know, you talked about street teams and you talked about mm -hmm. where, um, or, you know, or, or it might be like your mates that like like the music and they, they want to give you a lift in some way, shape or form. And you yeah. might say, okay, well, yeah, can you do some social media or do you like... I can you tweet my local radio station and ask them to play the, the track? Things mm, like right. that, you know. That's how yes. you can use people as a, a street team and take that street team online. Um, and again, I, talk, yeah. I keep coming back to Five Seconds of Summer, but I think they are a good snapshot of this because as part of the process of this, we activated these fans once we built them. And we, because we didn't get any support at radio, and I really am being honest with that. I know that sounds like I'm bullshitting, but it's the truth. There are many reasons why, um, mm. mostly because they were seen as a bit of a boy band and they were like, ah, oh, we've already got McFly and we've kind of got One Direction taking up that space and we've got the Vamps. We don't need them. We don't. We're, we're already playing them and we're just not going to play you. Um, and that was 
the problem that you're up against. Yeah. But because we spent the time building this fan base, we were able to activate them. So we literally had them inundating local radio stations on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> across the UK. And these radio stations go, what the hell is going on? And I mean, you know, really inundating them on Twitter to the point where they were like, we've had to turn off our phone switchboard because the fans <laughs> have got hold of the number. They keep calling. And it's kind of a bit of a sort of quote unquote guerrilla marketing um, strategy. But in the end, they were like, okay, we're going to play it. And then they played it and they got all of these, and you know, kind of young at the younger end of the fanatic fan base that are then not only tweeting radio stations, phoning them up, and then actually tuning in when they said they were going to play it. Yeah, this is in a time when radio is kind of losing those audiences. So all of a sudden, you've got this younger audience coming back to radio. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's ways of doing it like that, and 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 also as, as sort of um, particularly for regional radio, if you're, and I'm not a radio expert by any means and there's i think in the future maybe we'll have the radio pluggers come on and talk about you know that that part of the world but i know that having building up your digital fan base first can then lead to being able to do stuff there mm-hmm. and it can drive that and but when you're at a certain stage as, as, as a independent band independent artist and you can be a bit scrappy and you can kind of get in touch with your local radio station particularly if you're in a region of the uk if you're in well, let's use um, Lancaster as an example. If you're an up-and-coming band in Lancaster, there's going to be a local radio station. You're the local, a new local band. It makes sense. There's probably a story there. So, you know, you can do that. I think then when it comes to sort of national radio, though, they're not going to take submissions from the artist directly. So that's when... But at, when you're at that point, to be honest, probably the labels have come sniffing around you anyway. <laughs> so, um, and, yeah. and that's you know, and that's the deal you make then when when you make that decision. Do oh, do we do go down the you know the traditional label um, route? Yeah, know, if if they have come to you and there's some momentum happening. Yeah, and if if they're sniffing around at that point, even if you decide to stay DIY, chances are you'll want to set up your own label. Exactly, and with your own with your own people that you trust, you know. And that's so even that's then, what, it's, yeah. it's about passing off that that part of because you can afford it at that point. Hopefully, you can you can pass those those responsibilities over to someone else. Exactly, and that's the thing. So rather than going with the label, you would just create that infrastructure for yourself. So you're mm-hmm. so that's why it's still good for bands and artists to know who the radio pluggers are. Oh right, yeah. Mm. Because you'll bring them into your fold. Because they, they, most of them are freelancers. They don't work in-house at labels. Very few of mm. that of the core promo team are in-house at labels anymore. There'll yeah, be like a marketing yeah. team in-house. But all of these sort of key areas, radio plugging, TV plugging, playlist plugging, um, club promo, uh, PR, they're all either freelancers or just... Um, Right. outsourced companies and and so maybe next time when we're talking about this the the next the next piece which is making making money mm. maybe we'll talk about i mean how do you how do you contact like yes where do you go to find the pluggers mm. Mm. you know there's there's databases and there's directories and like the music week directory is actually probably the best right resource yeah that. it's pretty comprehensive it's yeah comprehensive music week directory and, yeah you, know, you, you can really find them and then just google search to be honest will return quite a lot but i think generally hmm. the ones that are in music week directory are you know tried and tested and you know we'll have testimonials yes. and 
Yeah, because it used to very much and, um, be that you could you could do to have a kind of in. Right? Yeah, that was that mm-hmm. was what you know. Certainly, you know, like when we, um, when we first like met, you know. However, I mean, how, when was that? Fifteen years ago, whenever it was, <laughs> four sixteen years ago now, isn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, when <laughs> when we um, around that time, I remember it's like you, you you could do to have a an in somehow. Like you mm-hmm. could do to know. Like just calling them up. Chances are. I mean, I suppose, I don't know. Chances are you wouldn't, they they wouldn't really respond. Mm. Um, so that is that still the case, you think, in the industry? Like that you could do to have somebody recommend you or make a link or, or will, they, will they pick up the phone to anyone that calls, you know? Or like what's... People... People will always prefer solicited material because mm. that that put that above everything else because the recommendation, especially if it comes from somebody that they trust and respect, is um, that's always the f- gonna get the first thing because you know. It, it, but in times when work is not as busy and stuff, people are gonna need to keep stuff ticking. Well, over. that's a so, good you know, point, Amir, because these like radio pluggers and TV plugs, etc., they're selling a service. Yeah, and um, you know it's in their interest to um, receive. You know what? And most of them will have like a submission thing mm. on their website, so that you know, because what they don't want is like to be inundated with like loads and loads of aspiring artists that have no budget that aren't going to hire them. <laughs> yeah, they have no budget, aren't going to hire them, and are a bit rubbish anyway. So we'll n- yeah. yeah, and then they have to be. <laughs> yeah. uh, Giving you know, so so they tend to sort of um, filter out the the sort of submissions that way. Um, mm. But you absolutely can get in touch with them, and then if they think that your you know music is workable, and they think that actually that there's definitely going to be an audience for this, they will absolutely get in touch, get back in touch with you, and want to work with you. Yeah, so, you, you, you wouldn't want you wouldn't want to miss out on being the person that you know tipped off a hot thing as well you know exactly there, there's a lot of um fear of missing out isn't it um you yep. know don't want to be the one that passed up on something yep yep <laughs> yep definitely and more and more i think like the industry is moving this way to artists um and their management teams sort of creating their own promotional team that sort of stays with them yeah um it is heading much more that way it seems Definitely. Uh, yeah, we've probably strayed a little into next week's, but that's no bad thing. We've got that a place to no start. no bad thing. We, we segue on nicely to next week then, yeah. which will be talking about, yeah, making a living uh, and all the various ways that you can do that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, that's we, uh, that we will discuss next week. Um, but until then, I think we'll, we'll round off for today. Um, we have been charting tracks and we continue to be charting tracks. <laughs> and uh, if you like this podcast, you can follow us on all the good places where you get podcasts. You can subscribe on Apple Music. You can subscribe on Spotify. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can subscribe everywhere. Across the board, really. <laughs> um, and, you know, feel free to rate us. Feel free to share us. You can follow us at, at charting tracks on all the various social media channels. And um, until next time, we have been Charting Tracks. Thanks very much for listening and watching. Bye. Ciao.